Okay, we're going to begin. Um, this story is called The Trip to Brighton. It's from 1983, taken from It's a Rum Life, Book 3, Ivy House Tales, 1970 to 1984. This must have happened sometime in late summer 1983. Things hadn't been going too well since losing the Unirail contract and we had moved what business was left to Frithville near Boston. We had a few tyre importer clients who used our vehicles when it suited them for bulk drops up and down the country. We tried to tie these in with collecting the complaint tyres for regular delivery to the Burton-on-Trent uh, location um, as a return load. At this moment in time, many of our larger tyre retailer clients were very slow at paying their bills. Consequently, we were frequently short of cash for payday on Fridays. Albert was still with us, and I think must, this must have been a Thursday. A client in Brighton owed us enough to cover this week's wages and had agreed to pay me if I went down there. Bird in the hand and all that. As was fairly usual at this time, calamity built on calamity. A lorry had broken down in Essex and one of the others working in the London area had gone to help. He needed a rigid bar to tow the injured party home. I was going to Brighton, but my car, my pride and joy at that time, a lovely white S-type Jag with wire wheels, had just had a replacement second-hand engine fitted in our workshop. As it came out of the door, the exhaust caught on the bottom sliding door rail and pulled it clean off. It was hair-raising. It was hair-tearing-out time. I must admit that during this period I was fairly renowned for leaping up and down from time to time in a somewhat excited manner. Jags had been my passion for many years, and the only other car on the job was an aged Daimler double six, sold to me by a friend from Scotland and awaiting some bodywork. It wasn't tested or taxed, but its wheels would turn and turn quickly with its fabulous V12 motor. Albert and I tied a rigid commercial tow bar onto the door handles, passenger side, um, and complete with commercial trade plates we set off for Chingford at about 3pm, only about two and a half hours behind our pre-prescribed time. At 5.15 we had found the lorries in Essex and I left Albert, our number one driver, to sort out the tow home. Not having any time left to make Brighton that night, I headed for Corydon and stayed overnight with friends. Rising early on Friday, I duly set off for Brighton. The car had performed really well so far, but just as I was about to join the M23 at Redhill, a large piece of exhaust fell off. I stopped to put it in the boot, and as I slammed the boot lid down, one of the four lovely headlights fell out onto the road. By now, it wasn't just looking a bit tatty. Perhaps there really was some resemblance to a wreck on wheels. I had noticed a police patrol car watching my antics, 
and as I pulled away again, they decided to stop me and ask some questions. After close examination of the motor with bits missing, it didn't take a car specialist to tell things were not going well. Next came the question of the trade plates and why so far from home. Fairly quick thinking brought, it's en route to Brighton for a client, I said. Well, I wasn't in much doubt they were going to do something about the mobile rust heap, what with watching me pick up all those bits off the road. It was still only 9am. For them, their day had started really well, a multitude of charges all on one set of wheels. I ended up with a ticket and notice of intended prosecution and carried on to Brighton with a warning that it wasn't really advisable as if I was stopped again I would face a double dose of charges. Not a lot of option really considering the circumstances. The rest of the journey was a comparative blur. I managed to get the money and get home in time to pay the wages once again. The remainder of this lengthy tome consists of the resulting letter from South London Police a week or so later, and my deciding to appear in court at Croydon at the appointed time. The consequences of not doing so I considered were too grievous to comprehend. As the due time approached, things at work were no better, and I had had no time to consider the case before me. The friends in Croydon were also experiencing great difficulties with their work in interior refurbishments, but they kindly put me up again for the night before the big trial. Over the years, I had had to appear in one or two different courts for motoring problems, minor and major, but never in Croydon. I decided to get there in good time and found a seat at the back of the court and managed to see the two previous cases before me as a member of the public. As my name was called, I moved into the dock. The policeman and WPC who experienced my plight at Redhill duly told their story and that it was my turn. There were three magistrates and they listened intently to the tale I had to tell. After I had finished, they huffed and puffed and went into conference with the court clerk. A few minutes passed and they told me they had to retire to consider and take advice. When they eventually came back into court, they explained that the tale I had told them bore very little resemblance to anything they had ever heard before, save some story involving an Irishman and his donkey. They were very kind and seemed to understand my throwing myself on their mercy, considering the true lengthy and complicated circumstances I had found myself in. I was fined £50 for having no MOT certificate, and they reported me to the licensing authority regarding the possible misuse of trade plates. It could have been far worse. I'm not entirely sure whether I was the last case before lunch or the magistrates needed reviving after my tale. But they departed after giving their verdict and left me in court with the policeman and his WPC colleague. They came over 
and shook my hand. In all our time on the road, I've never heard such a tale, the PC stated. You really deserve to get off lightly after that, he finished. All in all, a worthwhile trip. All those years as a salesman had been a help at last. Heaven only knows what the outcome would have been if I had not taken the chance to state my case. There we are. We hope you like this story. Um, brought to you by Cracker Books. Written and read by Keith Sanders. You will find more information and short stories to read on keithsandersisthestoryman.wordpress.com There are more audio stories to listen to on this Buzzsprout site and there are lots of videos to watch on Keith Sanders, the short story man, on YouTube. There's a shop where you can look at and buy the books we produce. All the short stories you're listening to are in book form originally. They're all downloadable. They're not expensive. Do have a look on Richard Keith Sanders dot sells, S-E-L-Z dot com. Thank you for listening.